Hello there. Hello. How is everyone? Everyone uh, good? Yeah. I guess yeah. I'm talking to Alice and listeners, yeah. although listeners can't respond, but you can... Well, you could, we wouldn't know, but you could. Should we ask the question again then? How are you? Oh, good, glad to hear okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, really, really pleased to <laughs> hear that. It's not like a Blue Peter moment, like, <laughs> and let's get this one I made earlier. Like, <laughs> well, why not? We can, can't we? We are, we are officially presenting, so, I mean, we are allowed. Um, so... Alice has just got back from holiday. I have. Not that I'm envious at all. <laughs> uh, um, as Well, envious for two reasons. The fact that she went on holiday, full stop. Yeah. That's a, any reason to be envious. Um, and also where Alice went. So, John, tell us about where you went, Alice. Yeah, I went to Florida uh, for two weeks. And I did all the Disney parks. Um, so I got to see the castle. I've never been to Disneyland before, so that was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I went and had two weeks in a place that's a lot warmer than it is here, about <laughs> 28 degrees there and about one here, so... And Alice is, Alice is still acclimatising to the change in temperatures around and us. And sleep. And sleep deprivation. I'm still a little bit jet-lagged. Well, jet-lagged, and with a trip like that, there's yeah. so much walking and activeness that it's, oh it's jet-lagged plus tiredness, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> miles and miles of walking. I did more walking on holiday than I do when I'm not on holiday. You should have set your phone to the like health pedometer set you probably still have it because you know your phone automatically does all that oh god there's a health app on your iphone i'll have a look have a look and it will tell you how many it should tell you it's got a pedometer built in if you've got it on which you i think it's default to have it on and it will tell someone told me that the other i was like oh that's oh. interesting start dreading to think what my mind would be, would be awful <laughs> but you, you'd have to have your phone with you which you would in the parks anyway yeah um but yeah it could tell you you can find out how many steps you walked and how many mm-hmm. over the average that'd be interesting wouldn't it be interesting just to... going to check that when we yeah, finish the podcast I, now. I was just thinking, oh, wouldn't it be interesting to check it before you get on a ride and yeah, then yeah, check yeah. it after you've been on a ride, like <laughs> 4,000 steps queuing a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the movement of the yeah. roller coaster. Well, you could check the queuing, how long that took, and then you could yeah, check yeah, the yeah. ride. Yeah, that would be... Do you know what? I'm liking this experiment. I might try this. <laughs> um, with, our, with our less less so glamorous Disneyland <laughs> Paris ne- trip in our October. Ne- yeah, our next venture, steps. How many have we done? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very interesting very, stuff. No, <laughs> but we were, t- we were talking about... Um, earlier your experiences in terms of customer service yeah. and what that what that was like so tell yeah. us about that I mean I didn't really like it I said this in the office <laughs> I didn't really like it because every store that we went into someone would approach me and say hello how are you how can I help you what what do you need are you looking for something specific like every single store that we went into and there was one day where we did the Florida mall it's huge there's hundreds and hundreds of shops and every single store someone spoke to me and it just it I think what I didn't like was that it was predominantly small talk and it was the same conversation over and over again and I just got so bored of it because we don't do it here yeah we walk into a shop and no one speaks and it's lovely because you know where you stand you're over there I'm here doing my thing and then suddenly people start talking to you out there and it makes me sound really rude but I just I really didn't like it like you'd have one or two that would actively engage in a good conversation like they'd hear our our accents and go oh whereabouts in the UK are you from or you, you know what's it like over there and that would be fun like we had one guy who was going oh you're from England and I said yeah and he's like oh yeah that's on my bucket list and he was checking my bag as we were going into Disneyland he went yep have a good day and that was lovely because it was a genuine conversation but for everyone else just kind of going hello how are you how can I help it was just it's Not interesting. Real. I, w- I wonder if if the perception is from the customer that that doesn't feel real, or the perception of the person serving. 
feels. I'm I'm interested to see if you ask the person who was serving, just out of interest, really, what their perception would be like. Would their perception be that they were providing really great customer service, they were being chatty and friendly, or would their perception be, I'm doing this because I have to do this, and this is part of the script I have to deliver. I I I wonder whether you get a mixture. I feel like it's the second, to Mm. be honest, because I can't imagine that when you're working there, you would only say it to a like some people that walk in I feel like you'd have to say it to every person and And if it's a customer you feel like that that's the that's the thing isn't it because whether someone whether someone who's serving feels like that or not is actually whether that's um conveyed to the customer or whether the customer feels like that because at the end of the day it's that customer's experience isn't it very very interesting yeah and there is a bit there's a massive culture shift I know certainly uh, and we were talking about this earlier certainly when I've ever traveled to America I've found there's you know there's it's really different in terms of the, how the customer's treated yeah, and the communication yeah. that happens. Um, and I like it to a certain extent because you get, you know you're going to have someone there to help and they'll yeah, be willing yeah, yeah. to help. And, yeah. and like we said, whether that's scripted or not, there's still willingness to help. Whereas over that's here, you sometimes... You feel a bit, oh, you don't want me to approach you. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes that's really clear by someone's facial expressions, let alone yeah. the fact that they're not talking <laughs> to you at all. Yeah. So you get... It's, it can be a real it can be a real difference. Um but we were we were sort of linking this to deaf customers and and talking about the fact that would it, it it's interesting isn't it because there's a cultural shift and we were talking yeah. about the fact that there's more small talk and more you know the sort of general how are you stuff yeah and I wonder we were talking about how that might convey to deaf people in terms of the general especially BSL yeah, users yeah. you know the how are you are you having a good day all that stuff yeah how would how would that I mean I, I said this earlier and I, I I just think for a deaf person. Maybe, obviously, for a British deaf person, I feel like mm. an American deaf person would know the culture. Yes, but for a British yeah. deaf person travelling, yeah. it'd be so much easier to shop in the UK because no one's going to come talk to you when you're not looking at them. But do you think it would? Because if a deaf person needs to ask a question in the UK and they approach someone in store... Alice is smiling because I think she knows what I'm going to say. They approach someone in store and they're not really wanting to help, they're not willing to, despite the fact they're paid yeah, to do yeah. that job and that's what they're there for, that's the whole point in their job. And they would have received training to say, look, you have to talk to customers politely and you have to answer them and not ignore yeah. them. They would have received all of that training, but whether people do it or not is another thing. If that's the experience a deaf person faces sometimes over here, which yeah. we know it is, I mean, we all face it as hearing customers, yeah, let's yeah. face it, we all get customer experiences that we go well that was really rubbish um <laughs> and if a deaf customer is trying to approach someone over here and they're getting that look that response that back yeah. it's 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 visible on your face isn't it you can absolutely see that that's the that's yep. the um there's and whether it's intentional or not no doubt this person has got no intention but i think as in a, in terms of british culture that's that is stronger whereas in america there's way more openness with body language yeah. openness with facial expression so i reckon that alone would trump the annoyance at small talk because i do yeah, think yeah. that that the small talk stuff might make people more likely to try and communicate whereas over here because that doesn't happen i think people there's the first impression stuff yeah. that i think often goes awry and whether that's intentional or not I don't think it is yeah, but right. I think that you get that but also then the the needing the more help bit and the panic will yeah, set yeah. in whereas I think Americans are more open and more <laughs> to communication in general and and I if did, something goes not yeah. not quite not right not wrong but if if there's a challenge I think because of the sort of friendly attitude towards people when you're when you're more open like that you're more likely to be able to tackle challenges and things when they occur whereas if you're more if you're more sort of suspicious about things, which yeah, I think yeah. we are as a culture oh, God, definitely. Uh, and as a community, um, I think th- 
you've almost got a, a barrier up, haven't you? Yeah, and I mean, I think <coughs> about the communication in general, like I did see loads of examples outside of shop assistants where people would just chat, like especially mm. when queuing. So we were queuing to go on a roller coaster and the guy in front of me was there by himself um, and he was from Canada and he just started, he just literally just started a conversation and obviously I was a bit taken back because uh, we're not used to that. So we had a bit of an awkward chat. And then, again, we were in a different store and two, like, American people behind me who clearly didn't know each other just started having a chat about mobile like mobile phones and how they're taking over the world and talking about how you, you can't use, like, pay phones anymore and things like that. And they just started having this random conversation. And it was a bit... It, for, uh, for me, because I've never been there, I was a bit, oh, that's quite different. But they were very clearly just more willing to communicate in general. It's really interesting, though, because if you think about if it was a queue of deaf people... They'd all be chatting, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Whether they knew each other or not. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because of the fact that as hearing people, you would have thought that there's commonality because mm-hmm. we all we all live, we all, we all, you know, for example, in Florida, we're all visiting this place to come on holiday. Yeah. So there's a commonality in purpose. Um, and you would definitely find that if you had a queue of deaf people, they would all be talking to each other, yeah. irrespective of whether they know each other. And to be fair, they probably would know people that knew someone that knew someone. <laughs> There'd be some linkage there. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, there would still be, there would still be, you know, uh, they'd still communicate. Yeah. And that's interesting, because I think whether that would fit into that model, whereas over here, because we're so... Because deaf culture is so strong and vibrant yeah. and almost has that feel about it. You know, people will chat to anyone, it doesn't matter who they are, and, and there's openness there, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But we don't have that in hearing British culture, and I think that that causes no. sort of... And we've talked about this on a previous podcast, because um, this conversation is bringing back memories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, that's, that comes a bit of a jar with deaf culture and British culture meeting yeah. because of the fact that it's so it's so different and has different yeah. sort of rules and values and all of those sorts of things. It's yeah. an in, it's, it's interesting. It is really interesting. It was just, yeah, definitely a bit of a culture shock. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because if you think about spoken language, the spoken language is the same. Everything's in English. You should, you know, you should as a, as you should feel that it's a similar experience. But it, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've said this about Australia though before. Yeah. Australia is is very a very fr- very friendly place to be. Very even in cities and stuff where you have an experience in London and you think, oh, okay, that's a or that's a city experience. Um, although I do think London's in, changing in terms of how I, I, I do think London's changing. It's becoming a smaller city in terms of. But the, the sort of boroughs and the areas are becoming like mini communities. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a real big shift that's been happening in the last sort of five to ten years in that respect. Um, but in, you go to Melbourne and it's like going, which is a big city, and it's like go. It's not like going to a big city. It's because people are friendly and people yeah. are, you know, genuinely asking you where you're from, what you're doing, and all yeah, of that yeah. stuff. And yeah, at first I know what you mean. At first I was a bit like, oh. And because I have psoriasis on my yeah. arm, everyone would be saying, what's that on your arm? What's that? Is it sunburn? I'm like, no, it's not sunburn. What's that on your arm? Is it? I was like, no, it's not sunburn. I said to Ash, I just want to wear a long sleeve t-shirt so no one sees it and no one asks me any questions. Yeah, yeah. Because it does become a bit, we feel like it's a bit intrusive, but in in fact, you th- it, it's not. It's actually probably interest. Um, but we, we, we're sort of led to believe in terms of British culture that that's someone being really nosy and intrusive yeah. and asking you know, inappropriate questions of you, which is really funny, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, there were exceptions. Like, we had... So we took, like, Uber drives to a lot of places, and we had one Uber driver who just talked and talked and talked about Donald Trump, talked about what was going on over there, just really giving us his opinions, asking us about Brexit, Yeah. to the point where he missed the turning to take us home. We were like, no, no, go go around. 
And then we had another Uber driver who drove us for 40 minutes, said hello when we got in and said goodbye when we left. Didn't utter a single yeah. word between that. So there are exceptions to the case, which is why I'm interested about the kind of customer service thing and whether it's more of a job thing than just a culture thing. Because we did have lots of people that yeah, just... Yeah, interesting. That weren't like that. And because I asked Dan about that kind of thing because he, he's been there like every year since he was four. So he goes there a lot. And he said the one one of the big things about America versus here is that we have a real community sense. So like we all know who our neighbours are and that's just not the case. And he's not he's always said, Oh, I'm not sure whether it's just because of where we are, because it's a big tourist area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said and maybe there's no sense of community said, but because people of... just don't have a sense of community. They don't know who their neighbours are. That kind of, like we where we stayed, we met a couple of the neighbours and they were all British everyone in the area that we met so that might represent I'd be interested to know because that might just represent the location then in terms of the fact that it's a fleeting moving exactly like we um we were fishing and some guy who lived across the road came over and started fishing and we met up with him a couple of times just to go fishing it was really but again he was British yeah yeah so it was was, really interesting I was telling my brother over the weekend he's in London he I said do you know your neighbours we were walking back we'd gone for breakfast I think and we were walking back to his flat I said do you know your neighbours and it's like he's in a he's in a flat that's you've got clear he's on the ground floor well it's not a flat I think it's more like a masonette because he's got stairs so I guess that's a masonette but yeah they've all the doors all the front doors are aligned he said no I have no idea and and it was funny because then we left one of the other days, right? No, they were they were being lazy. My brother and mm-hmm. my husband were being lazy, and they were still in bed. At, I won't tell you the time. I was bored. I'd got up and showered, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm bored. So I went and got us all coffee because there was you can get yeah. nice coffee anywhere, well, like within a stone's throw in London, yeah. which is I love completely. And I left that day, and his neighbour was out, and I was like, do I wave at them? And it's and it's silly things like that yeah. that you think I'm actually considering whether I should wave at another human being. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm just going to wave. Why would I not wave? Just because yeah. it's it's cra- it's crazy. I think we all there are certain rules and things that we all we abide by that don't really make much sense sometimes. Yeah, like I mean, and and again, it's it's so hard to hit the nail on the head about what makes kind of a community. Maybe it is more about being in a permanent place that makes a sense of community because like my neighbours at home with my parents that where we've lived for 15 years I know all my neighbours yeah they're lovely people they're all really nice but then my student houses never met my neighbours because I was only there for a year well I met one and she was lovely but but you're you're less likely in that I'm, I'm the same where I live I know all my neighbours well and I even know people that live down the road and people that mm-hmm. know and I've we've only lived in our house since 2000 and Oh, 2009, so yeah. it's not actually that long, really, but we have, well, actually, it's nearly coming up to 10 years, which is quite scary. So it's, it is oh, a while. Quite a long time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I know I know all my neighbours really well. Um, but um, and, but I was taught, I had a friend who was moved, who moved, she'd moved from, where was she? Up in Leeds, I think, and then she moved to Guernsey. She had really random moving, <laughs> and now she's in Reading. But she's found it really hard to meet people, really, really hard. Yeah. She's a deaf person, deaf friend, but she's found it really, really hard to meet people, hearing or deaf, like, yeah. she's really struggled. And that, I thought, was interesting, because there's me thinking, well, in Reading, there's a big deaf community, yeah. and there's lots of deaf people, which there are, but in terms of integrating into that type of community, she's found it hard because she's in a city yeah. and people lead busy lives. And, and and that's that sense of connection. It's it's how do you how do you sort of build that, which is really, really interesting. Um, and culturally, I do wonder whether if you were somewhere like... Like in Australia, I know there's a strong sense of culture and community and people will 
go and say hi to neighbours. I mean, I know it's funny this is. When I arrived to Australia for the first time and I went to where Ash's parents lived before, they're in a in a, a bigger city now, it was five hours north of Melbourne, so we drove all the way up there. First time I went shopping, someone came up to me and said, you must be Victoria, how are you? And I was like... I, I, I'm completely <laughs> stunned rabbit in headlights like what what do I say to that like how do I but you're not wrong but how do you know I'm like my my inner suspicious like n- nature's <laughs> going how do you know my name how do yeah, you know who yeah, I am yeah. but clearly Ash's mum had been going around telling everyone my yeah. name and everything but it's like but it's not it's a, it's a relatively large place. It's not a tiny, tiny... It's not like where I live in, in a tiny village. It's like a, you know, high streets and shops and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, actually knowing who I was and the fact that I was from England and asking me all these questions... And just yeah, yeah. really, really funny. I was like, wow, that's really freaked me out a little bit. But in Australia, that's very normal. Like, people know people know other people's families and stuff yeah, because yeah. of movement in towns and cities. And places have become quite... Um, like say me people don't move people people live somewhere and they stay there generally or they don't move far and they go back and a community stays and I think that happens less in the UK now but it was my my suspiciousness that like yeah why why is it I mean that is quite a, a weird thing to get I don't I've never experienced that anywhere else in my life um <laughs> it really and the fact that we'd be you know we'd flown for 22 hours and stayed in yeah. Melbourne for a couple of days and then driven five hours up north like it was you know jet lag plus yeah. you know climatization to weather plus climate just meeting my in-laws for the first time yeah, yeah. ever all of that <laughs> stuff going on and I've got strangers walking oh up God. to me and going hi I'm just like this is completely freaky I mean one thing I did find interesting in America is that um because my boyfriend's parents stay out there quite a bit so they're there five months of the year kind of spread out and we met some of their friends and every like kind of couple or group of friends that we met they were all English like and I just found that really interesting so mm. it's like do they just not mix with american people yeah. do they just not meet american people or is there something about the fact that we're talking to another british person that we're like ah we can relate to you you're british and that was actually something yeah the fishing man that we met he was lovely his wife came over to us and bless her she had a lot of wine and she came over and she said now i've had a lot of wine but you understand because you're english and she said that and we actually just wow. she said that she's like you're british you get it because it was like six on a wednesday and she was quite drunk and she just she was God, that's and really again, interesting chatting away about her grandkids kept calling my boyfriend a handsome man like, <laughs> gonna have to back off a bit love um, but she but she just kept saying oh sorry i've had a lot to drink but you get it you're british you get it you're that's british. so interesting so i get like these little There's things a massive that, are now perception just back to me that i got that apparently we'll just get drunk all the time like, at, at like love. afternoon right. on a wednesday you'll know but it was that thing which went you get it you're british i was like how many American people have judged you for this? Like it was, so there was a bit of a Very cultural. The fact yeah. that we only mixed with other English people. This woman said, "We got it. We're in because you're English." It was really interesting. Which is interesting because if you have deaf people going, like I remember going to Venice with a group of deaf people. Right, went to Venice. We yeah. met the only deaf people in Venice in Venice <laughs> who lived in Venice, and there were five or six people deaf people living yeah. in Venice. And we met. We found them. I don't know how we found them. We were walking around. We found them one day. Definitely we weren't are. looking for them, but it was they were there. So we ended up meeting them we went out with them all day then yeah. we met them for dinner then we saw them the next day we didn't know these people at all <laughs> complete strangers to us kept bumping but into them we kept well we, know we were arranging to see them oh, we were okay. like let's go do this let's go do that and it's like you wouldn't it, it, it's you just normally... and they're and they're they're italian deaf people yeah, yeah. which is interesting because you've got the whole like we're deaf this is our community and that travels around with you whether you're like i've met deaf loads of deaf people in australia that 
you know, our mate, and I might, we might not have any mutual friends, but we yeah. have a real clear mutual understanding about what what it's like being deaf. I'm not deaf, clearly, but yeah. like there was there was one deaf person living in Kerrang, which is where Ash's parents used to live, and she played. What was she? She was a. I think she played tennis for the Deaf Olympics, and so that. But I know the Deaf Olympics. I know what the Deaf yeah. Olympics is about, and I know other other friends of mine that yeah. have been in the Deaf and all this sort of stuff. So there's a shared culture and shared understanding. Yeah. I can go and fly all the way to the other side of the world and meet people that like I know. Like yeah. I went to when we went to Melbourne, we were walking past Vic Deaf, which is the Victorian Deaf yeah. um, Society, and I saw a deaf guy from London that I knew, and I was like, <laughs> this is completely wrong. I walked along the street. I was like, you look really familiar, but. When you're in a, another place in another city, yeah. you're not you even thinking it, that. Yeah. And I'm just like, and he's looking at, we're both looking at each other. We both just stop straight in the street looking at each other going, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> and um, and his his other half was an Aussie as well. And obviously my husband's yeah, an Aussie. Yeah. So we were just talking about that. We're like, and it was like, well, anyway, have a nice day. And we just saw all the time. I was like, how do you end a conversation like that? It was very, very odd. Um, but yeah, there's a sense of that following community. Whereas maybe there's a sort of, you know, a, a bit of a yeah, a disparity about because I I know what you mean, and it's same as Ash. If Ash finds Aussies over here, he gets excited because it's like he can you talk about to, TV shows that he grew up with, yeah. and he can talk about the it's, comedians that he found funny. And, it's something that you instantly go, we've ha- we have that in common, and yeah, you yeah. talk about it because you yeah. do. That's like we spent ages talking about how this family were from Birmingham. This drunk, yeah, yeah, yeah. This lady was from Birmingham, and we were like, oh, we're from Oxford. And they were going, oh bit posh and ah no all right you brummies kind of thing like you you have that i think it's it's, shared culture and shared knowledge maybe it's a case of when you're in a i say foreign place america doesn't feel very foreign probably because they all speak english but you you look for people that you can make that connection with quick connections yeah absolutely i think maybe it's about being in your comfort zone yeah yeah knowing right we have something we can talk about like we don't want awkwardness we have absolutely like there was one day we were in the car park waiting to be picked up and there was this park attendant just kind of awkwardly stood nearby and we were looking at him he was kind of glancing at us so it got to the point where I just thought oh god sod it and just asked him how we could stand the heat because we were all sat there in the boiling sun we were I was in a t-shirt and leggings sweating like a beast <laughs> and he was there in a long sleeve shirt a t-shirt over the top and a jacket yeah and we so I just I was like right we're all in the heat we can talk about that and then yep. he started telling us about how he's doing like school and how he's like training to become a therapist and it just I think it's about finding that one thing you have in common and Absolutely. for us it was being in the boiling sun and then leading on from there, all being British and understanding yep. the culture. So, and that's a really interesting concept, actually, because if you think if you apply that to deaf people being served by hearing people as a concept, that can very easily be done by a couple of hand gestures, really, yeah. couldn't it? Like uh, you could you could easily just do a sign for drink, for yeah. example, and do a thumbs up for. You could easily do a yeah. few things that would immediately break put, all that other stuff put down, someone put in someone at ease. Zone. And make it easy and straightforward and simple. And that could happen wherever you are in the world in oh, terms yeah. of, I mean, these are really simple hand gestures. Exactly. And people that, and things that, you know, I think about when I've travelled to countries that I can't communicate in the language at all, which is weird because I speak quite a few other languages in minor ways, yeah. but I can get, I can look at menus and I understand what's on the yeah, menu yeah. in Italy and Spain and France and Germany. I can look across, but if I go to like China... I'm just completely lost, and it's and that's a really weird feeling for me. Yeah. I, I find I find myself, but I enjoy it in a way because yeah. it's a, it's. A I have to find other ways yeah. to communicate, which I actually do. Sadly enough, I don't. I don't hate that idea. I love that idea. That's like part of the holiday for me. Um, but it but it is interesting, and then you start using your hands more automatically. You start. I mean, it's slightly easier for me because of being an interpreter and 
spending a lot of time with deaf people, but you do automatically do those Start things. Start pointing and gesturing. Well, yeah, that, that same thing. I remember there was a guide. Uh, there was a guide who was taking us on the Great Wall of China trip, and. Um, he and he didn't speak any English. One of the guides in the group, and he was wearing lots of long sleeve stuff and like, and we're all there with like, you know, very short t-shirts yeah. on and long trousers just because of, you know, you don't want to cut yourself because all the w yeah. conditions you're walking in. But we, it's just sort of like pointing and just going, oh, like you must be yeah. hot. Just yeah, finding yeah. other ways to, like you said with yeah, that parking, yeah. uh, the, the example before, it's finding other ways that you can make that link and find something because then you've made that link. And if you find that yeah, link yeah. between someone, you've got, like we, when we went to the deaf school in China, when we were there, it was interesting because we, our sign for thank you was thank you. And we were signing thank you. And their sign for thank you is this, which is just, I just think, really cute. So it's that. Oh. So you just, it's it's a closed a closed fist and then your thumb basically taps so on top like of your fist. So it's like going from a thumb up to tapping and yes, up again. Yes, tapping, that's it. Um, and that's the that's the sign for thank you. But we were, so we were all signing thank you, thank you as we were leaving. Mm -hmm. And all of these deaf kids had their hands out the window of the school and were doing this. And we were like, what's what's this sign for? And then we, re we got into this realisation that we're saying thank you. So they must be signing. And we, we found out later that that was the sign for thank you. And we would, but there was a linkage there yeah, just because yeah. of the fact that we were both doing, we both weren't communicating in the same language, yeah. but there's a link. And I think you're right. It's just about finding that joined linked thing that puts you in that same, you know, at ease comfort zone type and, place. And maybe that's why I struggled in the stores because mm. that person saying, can I help you? There's no link. We don't have anything in common. You're just looking to sell me something, which yeah, is yeah, fine. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. But it's hard to communicate with someone where you have nothing in, in common. And if it's a one-liner, like it's yeah. a, that's all you have, that's the that's the core of the communication, there's nothing else. It is very hard to elaborate or to make any real connection based on that one little thing that, mm -hmm. like, can I help you? No, thank you. Yeah. There's nothing there's else nothing, there. It's awkward. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably about building that, like you said with the, the, the other example, building that, that's, that became a conversation from very little. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the guy coming from Canada in the queue, like there's people that have, you, like, well, it's more of a conversation. The guy from Canada in the queue was more of an awkward conversation because he, he just started talking about Canada. And <laughs> it, I was a bit, oh, What, what okay. did you learn? Was he very patriotic? No, it was his first time. We were at SeaWorld and it was his first time. And I learned, I learned that, but I learned that he was, 23 it was just a bit like there was no we had no common ground really to stand on except for the fact that we were just both in the queue <laughs> yeah that's not really enough to to maintain like a conversation really is like, it um because um, they had this tannoy going about you shouldn't go on the ride if you suffer it was made me laugh that they said you shouldn't go on a ride if you're scared of motion sickness or like things like <laughs> things like that i was like well that's obvious and they said oh oh i made a joke to my boyfriend because they said like, if you're pregnant i was like oh i can't go on and the guy just went oh are you pregnant i was like no <laughs> i was joking I, like i was completely joking but he just, he just asked me and i was like i didn't say that to you like it was very kind of i was a bit like oh because he, he just suddenly started talking to me and i wasn't expecting it at all like you kind of expect it yeah into yeah a shop, yeah but this guy in a queue and it was like my first day out in kind of social america but um, also you're you're bizarre. you're communicating something that's quite private if it was like you a, know. i really quietly said it as like a yeah, little yeah. joke and i mean you could you might not have been joking in which case oh, it's God, it, and if you said it no no but if you if you'd said it quietly <laughs> yeah. to someone you might have just been telling them and you might have been being serious and you might not have wanted anyone else to go oh so you're pregnant yeah it's oh, but but culturally it's interesting that we would we wouldn't dare we would never do that in the UK, would we? No, oh, like we wouldn't. No. We wouldn't dare do it. That's like an unwritten rule. The whole pregnancy thing. You don't. You don't ask. Although I've had, I've had my friends been asked before in the store, mm. 
um, and she wasn't at the time. Yeah, I know it's that whole it's that whole awkward. It's um, just like, and even if I've ever seen someone who obviously is pregnant, would never ask. like obviously like like about to pop properly round would clearly. Never, I wouldn't ask. even ask. No, I wouldn't even ask unless they had one of those tube badges on that says. Um, oh, well, they don't say I'm pregnant. It says baby on board. Have you seen yeah, those? Uh, like little yeah. pin, little pin badges you can wear on the London or Underground. Or if they wear like a, if they ha- somehow have a, like people in Disneyland, baby bump or something yeah, like yeah, baby yeah. bump on board. It's like that is definitely you a baby, right, and if it's yes. not, that's a really bad joke. <laughs> don't wear that shirt again. <laughs> yeah. We just had nothing else. They just to put wear. it on accidentally and didn't think about yeah, it. No. Are you pregnant? No. <laughs> you just don't. We don't do it. And but it's just the cultural norms, isn't it? And it's yeah. just understanding those. Um, but. And for deaf people, that's really interesting. And you could flip that and think, well, what what would the experience be like if deaf Americans came over here? How would they find it? Because deaf yeah. deaf cultures and communities are social communities yeah, anyway, yeah. and very much like this. Uh, and, we, and we're talking about American culture being more like that. How would that be, deaf Americans coming over here and experiencing what customer service is like over here? And I'm not saying it's predominantly bad. I'm not inferring yeah. anything, but I'm I'm just inferring that it's very different and it's a very different experience. But that's okay over here because culturally that's how we communicate. But what would that be like? Interesting. It would be interesting, Should we wouldn't we some deaf Americans? Yeah. Do you know what? I might I might find a way to find that out. Yeah. Because it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to see what that, what that would actually be like. Bit of a social experiment. Yeah. What it would be like touring around and doing stuff and... You know whether that whether a deaf American talking to a deaf Londoner, for example, yeah. whether they would or maybe not a deaf Londoner, maybe someone from not from London going to London. Yeah. In terms of someone not being used to the London yeah, thing, yeah. that'd be interesting. Putting both people in there and going talk about it. What happened? Yeah. What was it like? Was it good? Was it bad? Would be interesting, wouldn't it? But I think Very I think ultimately, as long as people are being treated like people and like humans and yeah. like individuals, and I, that's exactly what you've been talking about. If if it's very superficial conversation, it's a bit of a turn off, really, because you go, well, you're not really uh, okay. You you're doing your care. job. You're very polite, but there's no real feel of interest in there, and that's not that doesn't come from deeper questioning I, no, either. I, I think as people, we don't really like faff, and it just felt like unnecessary conversation. I was more than happy. Unnecessary to go about bump on top un- of what you're doing. Yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. whereas the genuine conversations are never seen as unnecessary are they interestingly enough like that park attendant his name's Alex he was lovely he was really nice and he was saying and like we were asking him about his shift patterns and what it's like working because that was at Epcot and he was saying oh yeah it's really good because he wants to be a child psychologist he was saying you know it's really cool because I get to meet loads of like different kids and like find out how how's best to interact with them and and he was having a genuine conversation when we left like oh good luck with school kind of thing it was really nice it was yeah 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 a genuine connection. And it started out with me awkwardly saying, how can you bear the heat? And it was a bit of an awkward start, but once he kind of got chatting and I got chatting and Dan yep. started chatting, you get, yep. you do get used to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and like with the Uber guy talking about politics, it's a huge topic at the minute, so we could kind of get his opinion, so like, oh, we want to know what your opinion is because you're a native Floridian yep. yeah. who's massively, they they voted for Trump. He yeah, they really did. Against, he was, yeah, this yeah. guy was really against Trump. Like, Which is really, interesting. Really against him. And then started asking us about Brexit and Theresa May and we had that connection because yeah. we, we all knew what was going on at and, the time. And world politics as well is becoming so close, isn't it? Uh-huh. That it's all everything that happens is really affecting all of us, isn't it, to be fair. I've I the same thing in London. I am obsessed with talking to taxi drivers about Uber because it fascinates me how <laughs> the world's changed and and they were actually talking about Uber having less of an impact now. This was only very recently I was yeah, asking yeah. the question again because I'm always asking it just interests me because there's uh, in terms of taxi drivers in London there's been a real legacy of that being a real cultural thing to London yeah. um 
and whether Uber was going to sort Flat of cabs, yeah. yeah cause that a problem and, yeah. it, and it did but not so much now because they've had quite a lot of bad press and this isn't a criticism at all no. it's just uh, but the point is I'm really that topic for me interests me so I will go out of my way to find a way to ask that because it interests me yeah but if you're look if you're genuinely interested and cabbies are interested in talking about that because it's their livelihood yeah. it's they've been training years to do this it's what they do it you know and I think someone asking a question that's more in, interested about them rather than like have you been busy today and um, what time do you finish working and like those are my those are my Small default talk, those yeah. are my default taxi driver questions yeah. but actually if you can find a way to connect with someone on a deeper level where you can have a real conversation that you might learn interesting stuff then that's got to be got to be better for all of us as a as a society hasn't it I to build agree. real connections even if it's not with people that you're going to maintain those connections or see forever again yeah, yeah. it's you've you've enjoyed that person's company for that period of time which has led you to you know, learn stuff about yeah. them and find new stuff out, which I think is really... That's what I live off, off. I think it's a really good way to sort of see things, build good, yeah. genuine relationships when you're dealing with customers or dealing with people rather than it being like the whole, I need to say this, that's what I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, not a script. So, so yeah, so it's, I think real connections has got to be the key from the whole message, whether you're whether you're serving anyone in the UK or, or overseas. It's got to be... It's got to be about creating that deep connection yeah not just superficial level yeah stuff definitely everyone deals with all the time and has yeah. no time for yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so that is our message for you today yes. have a great day Bye. that sounded really superficial and bumpy didn't it <laughs> yeah. what should we say um well, i guess we'll talk to you next week we'll talk to you next week see you later bye bye